0: Welcome to the Dead End Podcast. Hello.
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> so, this week, we are going to talk about meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And I can see that Wouter is already shaking his head. But I think... No, He was nodding in oh. agreement. Oh, I thought you were... Like, <laughs> yeah. No,
1: we are not. <laughs>
0: mm. So, yeah, I, I already uh, uh, said this to Lara before we started, but I think you'll, yeah, really enjoy the, just how applicable the things that Marx Soros has written down are to just everyday life.
2: Very exciting.
0: So, yeah, I'm curious if you'll, if you'll change your mind about stoicism or at least like get sort of a better, uh, yeah, maybe a better idea of what it, what it really is or could be. I guess. So, yeah, anyway, as a short introduction on Meditations, the book. Um, yeah, it's probably good to know that it wasn't actually written as a book. It's more of a collection of private notes that Marcus Aurelius um, wrote down um, just for himself, uh, as sort of a summary of his own ideas on Stoic philosophy. Um yeah, which is probably also one of the most notable things about the book. That it is basically just made up of quotes. Um, I think in total like 13 or 14 books, if I'm correct. Maybe it's a bit more. But yeah, it's a really small book. A bit over 100 pages. But it's just all these paragraphs with yeah, a quote or a couple of quotes, basically. Yeah, combined. Spitting,
2: straight fire.
0: Basically. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is as well that he repeats himself really, really often. Like there are some things that he has written down, which are just, just not able to understand it because he has made a note about some specific event or some specific thing. And of course, if you just don't have any context, then it's impossible to know what he actually wrote about. Um, but yeah, the things that are applicable are of course then usually more, uh, general things that he would write about. Um, but yeah, he repeats himself really often uh, throughout the whole book, basically. Like maybe in book 2 you'll see a specific quote and then in book 6, 7 and 10 he'll basically say the exact same thing again. Um, yeah, which is a really sort of notable thing about the whole book.
1: Can you maybe explain who Marcus Aurelius actually was?
0: Yeah, so... To say uh, really shortly, he he was the last of the five good emperors in uh, ancient Rome. And if I'm correct, he was an emperor from 161 until uh, 180 uh, CE. So, yeah, common era. Yeah, and he was, uh, well well that's actually an interesting thing. i want to say he was a philosopher but he never really um saw himself as a philosopher just mm-hmm. as someone who practiced stoic principles or yeah the stoic philosophy i guess mm-hmm. but not as a philosopher himself it's just like and i think yeah like i said before i think that for Wouter as well you uh or i hope i guess you'll see how yeah, it's basically more just the Stoic philosophy, as especially as Marcus Aurelius wrote it down. It's more just like general life advice, just life hacks or whatever, like tips and tricks. Yeah, and, and I guess you could also even apply it to, for example, if you've had a breakup, you know, then there is... We'll, we'll get to that because we'll get to the quotes in, in a oh, minute. It's very but
2: topical for some of us.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> or if you're having other struggles in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... To finish this uh, introduction, I I thought it would be a good idea to give a very brief sort of description of what Stoicism is. And then we can move on to the quotes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Stoicism is basically a philosophy of personal ethics informed by its system of logic and its views on the natural world. According to its teachings as social beings, the path to happiness is found in accepting the moment as it presents itself. By not allowing oneself to be controlled by the, by the desire for pleasure or fear of pain. By using one's mind to understand the world and to do one's part in nature's plan. And by working together and treating others fairly and justly. Words to live by. Amen. Yeah. But I think, I mean, us three and probably also our listeners probably do have a basic understanding of what philosophy is or what it is about. But I guess just as a reminder let's move on to the very first quote I picked out, which is don't waste the rest of your time here worrying about other people unless it affects the common good. It will keep you from doing anything useful. You'll be too preoccupied with what so-and-so is doing and why and what they're saying and what they're thinking and what they're up to and all the other things that throw you off and keep you from focusing on your own mind.
1: Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah. I had like a an association to Petunia Dursley, because I feel like that is exactly what, what <laughs> she's spending her life with, like thinking with about a very long neck. Yes, with a very long neck to look over the fence. Yes. Um. Mm. To and thinking about what are other people doing, what are other people thinking about us, especially about them. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I guess that's a maybe even general knowledge i would say or something that a lot of people would also give as an advice maybe yeah. not knowing that it is part of stoicism
2: yeah just mind your own business and worry about yourself yeah basically, basically. yeah basically yeah yeah it's a good principle
0: yeah and i think as well with the yeah that you should what he says focusing on your own mind but just do the things that maybe are actually in your own control like don't you know you you in a more general sense. Like you can not change someone's mind or if someone is doing a certain thing that you disagree with, then, I mean, you can be very upset about that or be worried or whatever, but yeah, the only thing you can do is, is focus on what you can do.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: Shall we move on to the next one? I don't have
2: anything to argue against there. I don't Mm -hmm. think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Other people's wills are as independent of mine as their breath and bodies. We may exist for the sake of one another, but our will rules its own domain. Otherwise, the harm they would do would cause harm to me, which is not what God intended for my happiness to rest with someone else.
1: Can you read that out again? Uh, what does that mean?
2: <laughs> is it like so you have your own will independent of what other people? want or need from you or something. Yeah.
0: I think basically that we exist to, um, yeah, as, as a society as well, like to interact with people, to, we live in a society, to, to communicate with one another. Mm -hmm. So basically living all alone, like all by yourself, that is not a good life, so to speak. But then, um, yeah, when it comes to what you would want or what you would do or what you can do and can want. Um, yeah, you should look at yourself and not at other people. So I think also, especially the sentence, otherwise the harm they would do would cause harm to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the harm they they do would cause harm to me. Um, is also in a sense like, um, yeah, that you get detached from this idea that if someone wrongs you in any way, does something that that harms you, that then maybe you could have changed something about that or maybe even that, yeah, that you just shouldn't let it influence you in any way, basically, Mm -hmm. because they are their own person. They have made their own decisions and there are, I think, one or two more quotes on this where he further sort of elaborates on this, but that, um, yeah, if someone chooses to do that, then. That has been their choice, they have done that to some extent, we'll also get to that Uh, out of their own free will. So yeah, then there's just nothing more to do than just accept it for what it is. And he also talks about God because he says, uh, otherwise the harm they would do would cause harm to me, which is not what God intended for my happiness to rest with someone else. And when he speaks about God, he doesn't mean. He doesn't necessarily mean God as in this, um, yeah, in the tr- traditional idea of a God, but more God as in, uh, nature or just the way things are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess in, in, in a very general sense, just the things that are out of your control. Yeah. Kind yeah. of
1: like a higher power that is yeah, out of our reach, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wonder, because he's also very focused on the community, right? What does that mean or what would he think about if somebody is behaving in a way that he doesn't think is right or that is maybe harmful to others? We then still think, oh, but it's like his decision or her decision. So you shouldn't care about that. You shouldn't let your happiness depend on that person. Mm
0: He has another uh, great quote on this.
2: Damn.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all interlinked. It's, it's crazy. So he says, a quote that kind of relates to it, I think, is When you have to deal with someone, ask yourself, what does he mean by good and bad? If he thinks X or Y about pleasure and pain and what produces them, about fame and disgrace, about death and life, then it shouldn't shock you when he does X or Y. In fact, I remind myself that he has no real choice. So I think it, it's, it's a sort of paradox because I think Marcus Aurelius on the one hand says you as a, uh, person who is, uh, who can think rationally and, and reasonably, um, are able to make your own decisions. Like you can always choose to do like the good thing or the, the best thing in that specific situation. So some form of like detachment don't worry live in the now in the present Uh, don't get worked up over things that yeah you have no control over but on the other hand he does state for these that there are then people out there who aren't able to do this who are or maybe they haven't seen the light yet or or something like that Mm -hmm. but that uh, yeah, if he is addressing you as in himself or whoever, then he's basically saying like, you have this choice to not be influenced by others. But then, yeah, like he stated in, in this quote, I just read out, it's like, I'll remind myself that he has no real choice. So then he's basically saying, well, these people who are, yeah, doing the wrong thing or thinking the, in the wrong way, just let them be because they just don't know any better. Mm-hmm. So I would think, wouldn't it make a lot more sense to also get these people some sort of, yeah, uh, to, to, to maybe, if, if you think that the Stoic philosophy is the best philosophy, to get these people to also also um, think in that way of like, I can change myself, I can do the good thing. Yeah, I think, I think it's a paradox.
1: I, I understood it more in that way than he says... The people who make a certain decision are just making that decision in the best way they can, considering that they want to avoid pain and seek pleasure. And I think he just wants to say, if you think of people that way, you will see that there's like no bad intentions usually in what people do, because all they try to do is do the right choice for them to seek pleasure or avoid Mm. pain. And I think that is like, in that sense, they have no choice because they feel like they have no choice. So I don't know if I would say that there is like a big paradox.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, that could also definitely work. I interpreted it, the whole quote, as like, you need to do what you want to do and not be guided or misled by what other people want you to do.
1: Oh, I didn't get that at all. Is that just
2: kind of a really weird reading of it that makes no sense
0: is it from the relating to the first quote yes yeah
2: um no i think that makes sense so but then i was thinking that's great i think that's like a utopian ideal is like you should only do what you want to do and not be guided in a certain direction by certain people who want different things for you so i i think that's a great philosophy But I think that's impossible to a certain extent, because you're always dependent on your community kind of does for you or how you relate to your community. And I don't think you you can never have a completely independent mind because you're raised, say, with certain values or certain ways of living. So then you can break free from those, maybe if you think I don't agree with these these ways of living, say, or these ideologies or these principles but I wouldn't say that your will or your mind is completely independent because it's not. I think that's more of like... Or is that then just a, a misinterpretation of the message of the quote? I, I think he argues and
0: also that... Of course, he argues, I think, in a very absolute sense. So, yeah, again, for my happiness to rest with someone else, as in uh, mm-hmm, that he... basically saying like yeah just very absolute like my happiness shouldn't rest with someone else period um where i think of course it is often a lot more nuanced than that than that like you said as well like it's not that either your happiness rests with someone else or it doesn't it's more like well depending on everything is going on all these circumstances no
2: so it's an ideal that like Yeah. yeah yeah No, sure.
1: Yeah, if I think if you look at it again as like guidelines to live by, then it's great and yeah. helpful because you just try to distance yourself from your emotions and about like and from taking it personal when people are doing something that you think is bad because you say, "Oh, but they just didn't have bad intentions probably, and I shouldn't make that my problem kind of." I shouldn't
0: yeah. be so preoccupied with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next quote. <laughs> Next quote. Yeah, I think we don't necessarily discuss this one, but to expect a bad person not to harm others is like expecting fig trees not to secrete juice, babies not to cry, horses not to neigh, the inevitable not to happen.
1: I don't know. I think that's quite controversial because oh, that expects <laughs> that kind of gives as a premise that there are bad people.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: just people that are just inherently Inherently or inherently inherently, bad. Yeah. And I don't think that that is true.
2: And that they can't change then. So they're bad people. So you should only expect bad things from them. Yeah, I think like
1: my general mindset is if people do something bad, then that is because, again, that's kind of what they think is like the only way. Yeah. To be safe. And then they should go to therapy and that will fix everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, I study psychology. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, if I was a therapist, then I would like to advertisement yeah. now.
2: <laughs> I do think there are bad people. In the sense that I think if, if you do a lot of bad things, then I think that makes you a bad person. If you do more bad things than good things... To me, that makes you a bad person. Um, I don't really believe in the distinction of you have bad people and you have good people. Because then what if good people do something bad? Like, Does that then mean that we shouldn't pay attention to the bad things they do because they're generally a good person? Um, So in that sense, I find that distinction a bit weird. And I, I don't think you should always say, OK, well, this person is bad, so they will do bad things. So everything they do is going to be bad in a certain way.
1: Exactly. Because um, then yeah. you also have the sort of confirmation bias where they did this study where a teacher tells children, oh, you are you're not very intelligent. You will you have problems with writing, for example, so they make mm-hmm. more mistakes writing yeah and i think it's the same when you tell a person well i don't expect very much from you because you're a bad person yeah and that person is more likely to also act in a bad way like a self-fulfilling prophecy exactly yeah Yeah, that's exactly that yeah
0: i mean based on what you you said i could also see it in a way even that sort of take it even a bit further that even if you treat someone in a way that you would you wouldn't you, you wouldn't necessarily like basically call them out on it but you would even treat them in a way that would make them feel like yeah you don't think highly of them or you Mm -hmm. think of them as yeah a bad person exactly that that could already be enough to yeah also probably make that person think like well i'm not going to put that much effort into effort into like yeah convincing you or whatever or showing you my nice side so to speak because already have this opinion yeah you don't
1: even want to see me that way yeah
0: Yeah. so uh, yeah what is there to uh, to do for me because yeah
1: yeah so i don't know i have a problem with the phrasing i guess
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so the original text is written in not sort of like uh yeah ancient greek but then a, a different Uh, yeah I don't know if it's a dialect or whatever or like a different version of it so yeah I'm also quite curious what um, if the original text would give us any more sort of yeah clarity about that yeah
1: what I just also thought if like the the whole model of that quote would be meant as like don't expect too much from people then I would agree with that more in that sense because I think it gives you more peace if you don't have the highest expectations Mm. Mm mm-hmm And then you are just more at ease if people are not exactly acting the way you would, in a perfect scenario, expect them to act like. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't just like the bad people part.
2: Yeah. But you said, we don't really have to discuss this one. So is it something that you agree with? No, because I think I probably,
0: um, I think interpreted it more as like, like a bad person that you could replace that with, or you could also read that, I guess, as a bad person, as in someone who is just in a bad mood or mm-hmm. someone who is oh, having a rough day, for example, or someone who is, but then again, I I completely agree with what you're saying as well, both of you, because, um, the thing is like, to me, at least the book is mostly written in this very like general statements as in. Yeah. This is the thing you have to do, Yeah. period. And also like giving, giving tips, the, the very last one is a great one. And it's basically just three things you have to do to be at peace, to be happy. So I think that is then very limited because it's three very short things. And yeah, it's basically like just fulfill these three conditions or just practice them and then it'll be fine. Yeah. So then that is quite limited, that is quite absolute. So in that sense I could see how yeah when you're to expect a bad person that he might have meant someone who is inherently bad, to yeah. someone who does bad things because he's a bad person. Yeah.
1: Yeah, interesting. I like that also how you said like that Marshall in the beginning was like, Oh, I don't think we have to really talk about that one and then And then we did. And then we did. Yeah. Interesting.
0: On to the next one. A uh, frightened of change, but what can exist without it? What's closer to nature's heart? Can you take a hot bath and leave the firewood as it was? Eat food without transforming it. Can any vital process take place without something being changed? Can't you see it's just the same with you and just as vital to nature?
1: Yeah, that reminds me of more like the Japanese culture and philosophies, because there it's very much all about change. And in our Western cultures, we are way more paying attention to the things that are the same, the things that won't change. And we also look at things that as if they won't change. For example, we think that people are, for example, good or evil. Even in movies, that's, you have a villain and you have the hero. Yeah. And then, for example, because I also watch more Studio Ghibli at the moment, there you don't really have that. You have, like, a protagonist that you, of course, like sympathize with more yeah but you never have inherently evil characters you just you see like depending on the situation the character is in they change their behavior they have certain goals certain things that they want and certain things that they maybe want to avoid and they just act according to these goals and they are not either good or bad and i really like that because as the quote also states that's way more natural that's just way closer to how reality actually is
2: yeah so reality isn't static, like things just change all the time. So people also change all the time yes, based exactly. on the context. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I also think I, I also I think this relates. Obviously, you wrote this thousands of years ago, basically. But um, I read a autobiography of uh, Stefan Zweig, who was an author uh, in like the late 19th early 20th century. You should know this, I guess. Um, I don't. anyway um, and then he was talking about like yeah like things are changing now in the modern era with like technology and automobiles and stuff but then in the times before this my great grandfather's life was basically the same as my grandfather's life was the same as my father's life just because there wasn't a lot of innovation in terms of I don't know technological things so our lives were very similar so you knew what to expect growing up. Just moving to the chair so she can like put her foot on. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I was like, am I saying something? Oh no, no, Makes sorry. no sense. Um, and I was just like, that's obviously not what we are experiencing. Like for us, time is moving really fast because of technological innovation but also because we're dealing with all these like crises like climate change now we're in a pandemic this is one to say like the second once in a lifetime crisis yeah <laughs> at so, the age of 20 uh, yeah, something so we have to constantly adapt basically because we can't do anything else but at the same time i think we kind of we're refusing to adapt like you see that in this pandemic people here it's fine but like in the u.s people don't want to wear masks because they think it's like an infringement on their freedom. So just kind of this unwillingness to adapt yourself to new circumstances and to, like, evolve, I think might indeed be very Western, maybe.
1: I don't know. I think it's also something very human.
2: Yeah, because, you know, like, for
1: example, what we learned uh, with the industrialization, when trains became a thing and people like we will probably die if you drive faster than 50 miles an yeah. hour. So like, like of
0: oxygen, right?
1: yeah or, I think so and they were like no don't go on the train because you will die like yeah. just they also don't said do women it.
2: specifically can't yeah. <laughs> handle it like women well, we couldn't we just
1: the weaker sex live
2: live. Like, going first. more than 30 kilometers an hour would kill women or something that's what they said <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. so what's the conclusion <laughs> no
0: but I think like I I think you're absolutely gonna love this But I think even with something like, for example, the, the Black Pete sort of Peter discussion that one aspect of the whole tradition is being changed and people, some people, at least I think a small minority, but some people are just going absolutely crazy about that. Losing their minds. Yeah. But then I, I don't know the specifics, um, but I do know that I once, um, read yeah, just a tiny bit into it. And then the whole tradition of Sinterklaas and Sortepeed is changed so often yeah. throughout the years, like, and, and way bigger changes as well than just, um, the, the, not even necessarily like the color of the, uh, the skin color of the black peeps, but because now of course they, it's not that they need to be a, a different color or whatever. It's just that they, they want them from full blackface to, um, having a smudged face i think um that yeah like in the last however many years this tradition has been going on there have been even bigger changes and now this change is like such a massive thing that of course it could relate to different circumstances and then people are also saying oh but there's so much other stuff that's already changing in our lives. And this is like one of the last things we're...
1: The only constant <laughs> as far to beat. The only constant yeah. of
2: racism. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, God. In a way, yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's about... So, as you said, kind of the tradition has been changing for years. Like, it wasn't the same 50 years ago as it is now. But as soon as something changes, like, we don't keep a record of how things are evolving or changing. We just... We have... A paradigm if you were like a status quo then that changes and we pretend kind of that the past didn't happen in some contexts so you're not really reflecting on what's changing you just you have one thing and then you move on to the next thing and then you pretend that that earlier thing wasn't really there mm-hmm. whereas maybe if you just kind of consider things are changing all the time and if you educate people about in this specific example how Zwarte Piet was never Always black, like, and that, that tradition has changed over time, then people might be more. I think people still wouldn't want to accept that because people like being comfortable in their own kind of mm-hmm. ways. But I think if you kind of reflect on that process of change and how it's happening all the time in everything that you do, then maybe it's also easier for people to understand okay, things changing doesn't mean the end of the world. Like, it's just, it's what we do all the time. Yeah. Yeah, i think even in a way that some people would then probably argue like
0: yeah like but everything is already changing so i need some constant factors in my life whereas yes yeah exactly (laughs) whereas i would i think also probably argue that everything is change like there is there's no aspect to your life that will remain constant like Like time well yeah and like maybe the job you work for example you start working your job at at say the age of 18 and you do the exact same thing until you die that is a possibility but even so the work of course is hopefully different every day or uh, but even then like the yeah the work itself will probably still change as well and even if you've done the same thing over and over then you shouldn't have expected that at all like you you a reasonable expectation would have been to basically be like, okay, I'm doing this thing now, but at any point could turn into something else or some yeah. adaptations could be made or some changes or. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I don't think people thrive if like nothing changes, like people need stimulation yeah, and they need different things in their life. Like if you do the same thing every day for 80 years, you'd go insane. Um, so you need change. It, like, because otherwise, I don't know, you'll just have a shit life or whatever. Um, so change is also just really good, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, I think so too.
1: I really like the quote. Resonates with me a lot.
2: That Marcus Aurelius, he knew what he was on about. That
1: boy. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> on to the next yeah. one. boy.
0: People try to get away from it all. To the country, to the beach, to the mountains. You always wish that you could too. Which is idiotic. You can get away from it anytime you like by (laughs) going with (laughs) it. He actually says it nowhere is more peaceful, more free of interruptions than your own soul, especially if you have other things to rely on an instant recollection and there it is complete tranquility and by tranquil tranquility. I mean, a kind of harmony. So keep getting away from it all like that renew yourself, but keep it brief and basic.
2: I mean, I get the basic sentiment, but that to me sounds like you're depressed, do some yoga. Well, (laughs) I think
1: it sounds like go meditate instead of, and actually sit with your thoughts instead of trying to distract yourself in different ways constantly. And I think there's, yeah, there's a big truth behind this. I think it's very course if you're like in a deep deep hole and you're like in the worst part of a depression it won't help you much to meditate for five minutes a day or so yeah um but i think these are also more advice for people who are not in these more like exceptional parts that people might be in
2: no, I agree. Um, but then I also think the reason that people go on holiday, for example, or they go to the beach or they go to the mountains is because they need a change of scenery from the drudgery of their everyday lives. Say. And everything has changed as we've just... Amen. Yeah. So, uh, exactly. So, like, I feel like obviously meditation or mindfulness or kind of reflecting upon your life can really help you instead of just running away from your life because you don't like what's going on and then thinking oh if I go somewhere else if I, if I run, run away from a problem I have then that problem will be there when I come back or something or I wouldn't have to think about it obviously that's not how life works you have to confront your issues and you have to I think you have to sit with your own thoughts and stuff so in that sense, I agree with the sentiment but I also think that people go to the beach or the mountains because they need something else yeah And that, that maybe facilitates
1: i agree but i also when i heard the quote for the first time i also had to think of okay what is kind of the circumstance at that time like what is like the meaning considering the time and i think that kind of equates in our time to more like social media and and things like that because that is more what we do to escape
2: Mm -hmm. our
1: everyday lives and our troubles but also with like Escaping to a different scenery. I think, for example, a lot of people nowadays go traveling after they finish school or after they finish their bachelor or whatever, because they hope to find something in themselves. They hope to find what they want to do with their lives. They want to find meaning and purpose. And I think I also had that a little bit when I started traveling. And I was a bit disappointed that like after, I don't know, a few weeks or a month or so, I was like, I don't feel different. And I was like, yeah, because... I'm still me and just because I'm somewhere else that doesn't change anything. Mm. Sure, like I have a different outlook, like not on life, maybe, but just like literally when I look out of the window Um, and that doesn't really help me. I have to put in work. I have to sit with my thoughts and see what is going on in my head and really take time to figure out what I want and that won't just fall into my lap. I have to work for that. And for that, it is important to look inwards and not outwards.
0: Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think I also interpreted uh, more like that. That I'm really pessimistic. It's my problem. <laughs> you should get the book as well. Read you should it. Start it's meditating. great. <laughs> <laughs> I should start <laughs> meditating. <laughs> Just do some yoga.
1: <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that yeah. Mm-hmm. If you if you have this inner turmoil or you are really stressed about things or you um yeah you are stressed you don't um feel that great about yourself or uh, yeah just i guess just daily worries that if you then go climb a mountain and you're at the top of that mountain you have that great view and you look out then yeah your your mind is still the exact same so yeah basically what what you said lara um that then, yeah, you can take, uh, if, if you go somewhere else, like on a holiday or, um, yeah, that changes scenery um, in an external way, then it doesn't change the internal. Yeah, and I think uh, you can, view. of course,
1: have that. I think also people talk about that sometimes, like, yeah, and then I was having that hike and, like, I came to that, like, crossway and I was like, suddenly I saw it all, I like, had a complete revelation. But I think that is not because you went somewhere else. That is because at that moment, you have the time to actually think about stuff. And then while you are somewhere else and you're thinking act- actively, mm-hmm. then you maybe come to a conclusion. But that is not just because your environment is changing, but because you're focusing on yourself more. Yeah. Yeah. A quick question, because I think we're kind of done with... This quote, when do you have to leave?
2: Five-ish minutes, if I want to take the trash out as well.
1: Because we can also just make it two parts, right? Then we can just make this the last quote?
2: Yeah, we I fuck off. Yeah. Into the unknown.
1: Okay, so we will just make this a two-part thing?
0: Yeah, we can do that.
1: Okay. Should we say goodbye to all listeners?
0: Yeah, so then we'll see you next week. Bye! somewhere later i don't know when we'll do the second part then yeah at some point at
1: some point yeah at
2: some point in the near future you will
1: hear you at some point again you will hear us at some point again yeah yeah great it was a pleasure thank you for preparing thank you so much forward to the next one
0: ever so welcome
1: okay great Goodbye.
2: goodbye bye Do, 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 dead end.